a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Presents Landfill News with your host, the Jstrom. Now, here's your host, the Jstrom. Yay, that's me, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's time for another episode of Landfill News. I got to do the uh, the radio voice. Hey, everybody out there in uh, Radio Land. Whee! <laughs> Yay! Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is... Whoa, my voice kind of cracked there. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Entertainment Landfill News. I am your host, the J-Strum. I do a show called Entertainment Landfill, but this is a new show called entertainment landfill news where i do a solo show just talking about news and stuff of the week it's basically a way for me to keep podcasting when my buddies aren't around and i want to keep putting out product especially content content is a better word than product i'm not like giving cocaine or anything but um putting out content for patrons you see um I have a Patreon where people actually become patrons of the show and they support the show and I want to keep giving them content and I want to get better at this and put out more and more content. I want to do stuff like, um, say, um, trailer react where we watch a trailer, react to it, do a show about that. And even uh, Movie React, where we go see a movie and we instantly react and put it on the feed for people to listen to. Uh, Steven and I did that for Batman v Superman. Uh, we wanted to do it uh, for Hardcore Henry this weekend. Uh, just like right out of the movie, hit record and boom. Okay, Steven, what did you think? Oh, and I want to give a shout out to the people listening in the chat room. We got Carl. What's up, Carl? And we got Ikelos365. I'm not sure how to say that. Ikelos. Ikelos. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening live. My voice just cracked again. What am I going through? Purity? Hey, guys. Thanks for listening live in the chat room. Oh, gee whiz. I'm so humble about all this. No, thank you guys so much. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> What's happening to my voice? Guys, no, I don't want to go through puberty again. This is terrible. Uh, but guys, I have lots of news and stuff like that. None of it important news. I don't talk about what's happening in the real world because this is our escape from all that. This is our virtual world where we can just uh, listen to nonsense and I'll tell you all about it. 
First of all, I wanted to say that my wife is in St. Paul, Minnesota this week working at a new job. Uh, no, she won't work there permanently because that would be terrible, but she's starting her first week there and then coming back home. But my daughter and I miss her terribly. And my daughter was so bummed out. Like we dropped her off at the airport and we were driving home and I wanted to treat her to lunch. And I looked over and she was like, and she had little tissues and she was like, and I go, Hey, are you okay? She goes, Oh, I'm fine. I'm just sad. Mama's gone. And it's, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it is sad, but she'll be back. She's like, I know. It just, we won't be able to see her. And I, I felt so bad that I was like, what can I do? Oh, I know. I'm her dad. I will spoil her rotten. That's what I'll do. So the first thing I did was I took her to Best Buy and she's wanted the Disney Infinity thing for a while. You know how you get all the... The dolls, I don't know what you call them, the figures. Let's call them figures. Let's still call them dolls. Uh, you get all the figures to different Disney properties, whether it be Marvel or Star Wars or even uh, Pixar type films. Um, so she has an Xbox 360 in her room. It's my old Xbox 360. And we got the Star Wars starter set with um, who does it have? Anakin and Ahsoka. And then I got her Ray and Finn from The Force Awakens. And she also wanted Sadness from uh, Inside Out because that's her favorite character from that movie. So we, uh, we total. Oh, wow, Carl, you live in uh, the Twin Cities? West of the Twin Cities? That's cool. My wife is there right now in St. Paul. Um, and uh, so I. It was way more expensive than I thought it would be, but it's okay. I was spoiling her after all. We came home and hooked it up, and she started building her own toy box or whatever you do in that game. And I thought it was totally awesome. And uh, then I told my wife how much money I spent. She was like, what? But it was worth it. It took her mind off of things, you know. Uh, all of a sudden her mind was in the world of Disney and all that stuff. And she was telling me other figures she wants. She was like, is there a Judy hops from Zootopia and, uh, the Fox guy, I forget his name. And I was like, I don't know. We'll look, uh, we may have to wait a while. I've already kind of <laughs> spent a little too much money there, but, uh, that's the thing about those Disney Infinity thing. It's figures that you keep buying. They put out more and more, and they want you to keep buying them. Not only that, they sell these power discs that you stick under the figures to power them up even more. What a scam, man. It's all a scam. But uh, it made her happy, and it, I enjoyed watching her play for a while. And then I was kind of like, dude, I should have gotten the PS4 version. I could totally... Uh, I want to play those Star Wars levels, you know, the Force Awakens ones, or they even have Luke, Han, uh, Chewie, and Leia. I want to get that stuff. I can see how it becomes addictive, and all of a sudden we're building shelves, and we've got like a hundred figures on it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the way they get you is you can buy the figures individually, but they also have sets where you buy two figures and this little crystal thing that is actually adds the levels to your world where you can play the, like the force awakens levels or whatever. And those are like 30 something bucks. So right there, if you're buying multiples of those, that's 60 something dollars, 90 something dollars. And it just adds up. 
But uh, I hope that uh, Emma digs it. But uh, she's going to have to wait till Christmas for more of those things. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to my wife. I don't know if she can listen at her new job. Like, oh, the, look at the new employee. She's listening on her headphones already. And it's just, I don't think she can do that. But uh, I just want to give a shout out to her. And I miss her dearly. Can't wait till Friday when she comes back. Um, I was just playing Quantum Break before the show. Uh, I got it late yesterday. And I wasn't able, I was hoping, you know, Tuesday when it came out, I would get it in the mail early or something, which doesn't happen. So I wasn't able to play it, start playing till this morning. And it's a really fun game so far. I'm only past, I'm into chapter two. It's broken down into chapters and I knew that the whole kind of gimmick with this game was that uh, it's a game and a TV show combined. But really what it is, it's 20-minute video episodes. And I started chapter one of the game, and I was playing it, and I was like, when do I get to watch the the TV show? (laughs) I was waiting for it to happen. And all of a sudden it started, and I was like, whoa. And I was sitting there watching the show, and it kind of reminded me of like an episode of 24 or something. And it had like action and car chases and stuff. And I was like, dude, this is kind of awesome. I can get into this. And what's so cool is your character uh, gets these time powers. You know, I talked about it in the last episode. But once you start learning them, they're really cool. There's this cool kind of time dash where you run real fast in short bursts. But you can jump around a bad guy like go and all of a sudden you're on the other side of him and you can shoot him point blank with a shotgun like and it's awesome dude that is so awesome i could do that all day and there's another thing where you can put up like this weird quantum shield where everyone can shoot at you and it doesn't do anything kind of like neo in the matrix for a few seconds and uh it's pretty cool but my favorite is you create this time kind of dome around a bad guy you can start shoot, you freeze him in place where he can't do anything, unload like an entire clip, and then move out of the way. And then when the bubble goes away, all of a sudden he's bombarded with like uh, 100 bullets all at once. It's really cool. But the neatest thing about the game is the storyline is very neat. You know, like I said, it has uh, um, Charlie from Lost, and it's got um, Broyles from Fringe. <laughs> And Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm not using their actors' names because I can't remember them right now. But I can't wait to play more. It's it's a lot of fun. And there was this funny story today on... Um, I'm hoping my, ba- my dog, Baby, doesn't do that breathing thing she does where she's like... Ah, 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 ah. Here we go again with the removing of the collar. There we go. Um, there was this funny story today in Kotaku about Quantum Break where uh, it's for people who pirate the game, because it's not just on Xbox One, it's also on PC. And it says, looks like the new time-bending shooter has a moral code. An eye for an eye. <laughs> As spotted by Rock, Paper, Scissors, Shotgun. What the hell is that? That must be, uh, i got to check out that website. That's a cool name. Remedy Entertainment has hidden a joke within Quantum Break meant, to exclusive, meant exclusively for pirates. If Quantum Break detects that players have stolen their copy of the game, it will outfit the main character, Jack Joyce, with an eye patch. Pretty funny. 
Perhaps this seems familiar to you. Back when Remedy released Alan Wake, they pulled a similar stunt where Alan Wake appeared with an eye patch. I that's that's the story, but I thought it was kind of funny. Uh yeah, you pirates are stealing games. Who steals games anymore? Seriously. I don't I didn't think you could anymore, especially not on Xbox. Because I remember reading back in the day of Xbox 360, like, if they detected that, they would shut you down. Like, you were banned from Xbox Live. And who would want to risk that? You know, playing with your friends and all that stuff? That would suck. So, Quantum Break, that's pretty cool. Now, um, Star Wars The Force Awakens came out on Blu-ray yesterday, which is awesome. Uh, I picked it up. And what's funny is when I was watching the first thing I did was popped in the bonus disc because I didn't even start the movie. I wanted to watch the documentary that came on there. I was really excited about that. And it is really cool. You know, it's got um, shows the beginning, the hiring of J.J. Abrams and then the coming up with the script with um, Lawrence Kasdan and uh, oh, hey, Adam. There's Adam Sexton in the chat room. Uh, and it's, you know, it's the whole creating of the movie and how uh, much pressure they went on, under. The funniest thing, I love the John Boyega anecdote where he auditioned so many times. Uh, when he finally was hired, he didn't even realize he was. He They're measuring him from a cost, for a costume and all that stuff. And he's just uh, like, he still isn't sure if he has the part and... J.J. Abrams is finally like, your life's going to change. Are you ready for this? And he's like, ready for what? And he's like, you've got the job. And he's like, I do? <laughs> that was pretty cool because that would be pretty unbelievable if somebody said, hey, you're the star of the new Star Wars. It'd just be like, get out of here. Stop messing with me. No, I'm not. It's like, yeah, yeah, you are. And it's like, holy shit. But the funny thing is while I was watching this um and I'm playing like Quantum Break or whatever, time travel. What if you could go back to time when they first go back in time, when they first announced The Force Awakens, take the Blu-ray, hand it to yourself in the past and go, just watch this. <laughs> like you now have access to that picture, that black and white picture where they're doing the table read. You can now watch a video segment on that and it'll blow your mind. It's so cool. But it's funny how I was just thinking about how anticipation works when that stuff was first happening and it's building. It's just like, wow, look, they're all there. All the original stars and the new cast members. What are they talking about? Who are they in the movie? We don't even know who they are in the movie, what their characters names are. We didn't even know who Kylo Ren was at that point or their names like Ray and Finn or and we just knew nothing. And it's funny, just the power of lack of knowledge and then learning it. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying it's cool going from back then being so excited about it. And now I own the freaking movie in my hand and not all movies. When you, they come out on Blu-ray, do you care that much? But star Wars is something, something special. And it was funny just standing in line at target, ready to buy it. I was just like, I'm holding the force awakens in my hands. <laughs> And, you know, eventually we're going to have Rogue One in our hands and episode eight we're going to have on our shelf. And it's just funny uh, how that works. 
like I said, I have no point here. I'm just kind of geeking out over the fact that I watched The Force Awakens in my living room yesterday. And it was really cool. It's the third time I've seen it now. And I still enjoy it. Good stuff. Um, what's up, Adam, Carl, and Icolos? <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Landfill News. Awesome. Uh, this, Adam, you actually brought this to my attention. Mel Gibson has a new film, an action thriller called Bloodfather. And I watched the trailer and I realized how deprived we've been for so long of seeing Mel Gibson kick some ass in a film, right? Just, you know, knocking guys out, shooting guys. Um, I'm not counting that most recent Expendables, okay? <laughs> Where he played the bad guy. I don't know what that movie was, but um, I, I enjoyed the Expendables, but the Expendables 3 was really bad. Come on, guys. Um but yeah, Bloodfather looks cool. Um, and uh, let's see, it's an Australian film, which makes sense. It's directed by Jean Francois Richet. I'm that I think that's how you say his name. He directed the uh, Assault on Precinct 13 remake. I'll try not to hold that against him. <laughs> uh, and some other movies that I've never seen. And Public Enemy Number 1. It's starring Mel Gibson as an ex-con badass who gets into some gritty action trying to save his daughter, played by Aaron Moriarty. This kind of has the toss-up, uh, a mix between Taken and John Wick. Plus all Mel Gibson... Uh, Plus, all Mel Gibson reset. I'm not sure if this is a typo. I'm just going to say it's set in the. T- <laughs> you know, it's funny when you read these, you realize that holy shit, people, because now it's not newsprint. They just have a blog. They don't have to worry about typos because they don't care or something. But it's set in the deep south with a, a no country tinge. And it actually looks pretty damn good, is what this person says. It has William H. Macy in it, Elizabeth Rome, Diego Luna. This is definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. I don't know if I'll play the trailer. Maybe we could do a trailer react to it, like Bill and I or something. But I'm excited about it. It looks pretty cool. And it's called Bloodfather. So you guys uh, check that out. Watch that trailer. Uh, I don't know what the hell. Have you guys watched the trailer to Swiss Army Man, though? (laughs) It's this new Daniel Radcliffe movie with Paul Dano. Um where he plays a farting corpse. Yeah, you heard that right. A farting corpse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever that's about. <laughs> but watch the trailer to Swiss Army Man, everybody. And see what you think of that. Okay. Now here's some exciting news for somebody. I'm not sure if it's us or me or... Joel McHale to portray Chevy Chase in a Netflix movie, National Lampoon Origins. Awesome. Will Forte is also starring as the co-founder, Douglas Kennedy, in a serious movie about funny people. Joel McHale is in final negotiations to play portray Chevy Chase, whom he starred with on Community. Huh. You know what's funny is I grew up, actually, my Uncle Paul lived with my grandparents in the back room and he collected National Lampoon. So I would actually read a lot of it. I didn't always get the jokes. I saw that it could be funny. A lot of it was over my head because I was a kid, but uh, does National Lampoon still exist? I don't know, but they, 
they of course had Animal House and Vacation and those films. So this sounds interesting. I would like to. I would, I would definitely watch this film. And it's on Netflix. I don't have to leave the house. So that sounds interesting. I like the idea of um, of Joel McHale playing Chevy Chase. You know, because he worked with him for several seasons, and he's probably got his mannerism and ticks down. You know what's funny? Everything I've read about Chevy Chase, I know the guy is a funny guy and he's talented, but he just seems like he's such a pain in the ass to be around in like a working environment or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just stuff we hear, but um, that sounds like an interesting flick. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I don't know why I keep bringing this up. I mention it every episode, but uh, The Walking Dead aired its season finale this week. And there was nothing but buildup about Negan, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, making an appearance. And the big deal about Negan is uh, years ago in the comic book, Negan's debut in the comic book, I think it was the 100th issue, he killed a main major character, a character everyone loved and shocked the world of comic book reading people, aficionados. Well, everyone, when they heard that Negan was going to appear in the show, they were like, oh shit, he's going to kill a main character of the show. It's going to be shocking. And they've been building up to it all season long. I mean, I've told you guys that uh, they do these ridiculous posts over and over again, like um, Norman Rita says, fans should be worried. Oh my God. The Walking Dead, Andrew Lincoln says, Negan makes the greatest entrance ever. Norman Rita says he couldn't speak after watching the season finale. So it's like, wow, people read these articles building up to it, and they're like, holy shit, this is going to blow us away. I cannot wait for what happens. And what's funny is, since I don't watch the show anymore, I kept an eye on Twitter, just because I wanted to see people reacting to whoever they killed. And I go, oh, I wonder who they killed, because I don't even care anymore. I don't care about spoilers. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I should end the podcast before I tell you what I think of it. So, I started reading very negative, like, I think the first thing I said, the first thing I read was, oh, F you, Robert Kirkman. (laughs) And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, go to hell. I got to wait till next season. I was like, oh, no. What did they do? What did they do? And they repeat The Walking Dead on AMC. So I had to watch the ending myself. And what happens is Negan appears at the end. I didn't watch any of the entire episode except the very end. He shows up. He's got all the main characters on their knees with their hands tied. They can't do anything. They're dead to rights. He could kill any of them he wants to. And he makes this grand entrance about how you don't take from Negan, but he wants them to work for him. You know, they have clearly their group has the resources and he wants them all to serve him. But they must be punished. One of them has to die in front of everybody else to teach him a lesson. And he can't decide. He's going, should it be you? You know, should it be you? And he points to Carl. 
should it be you? You're obviously his son. And people are like, you know, as a viewer, you're like, oh, my God, no, he can't. You can't kill the son. Should it be you? No, she's pregnant. That would be terrible. Don't kill her. And finally he goes, I simply can't decide. I know. And he goes, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And then you think he's done. And he goes, catcha, tiger. But and you're like, oh come on, if he hollers, and then it just keeps going on, and then he finally it's over, and then he goes, my mother told me, and finally he lands on a person, but they don't show us. It's just the point of view of the camera looking at Negan, and you are not it. And then he starts hitting the camera physically, like banging in the camera. And you see cartoon blood, animated blood rolling down the screen, and it crashes to black and end credits. They never tell you who he kills. And I was just like, what? And I could see, like, the whole world was, of course, pissed off. It was crazy. And like I said, the reason I stopped watching The Walking Dead is because the writing on the show drove me nuts. It was, it's a poorly written show. When you watch this many seasons of a show, naturally you're going to have characters that are your favorite, but they have them running in circles. They're not real people. They just do things. They have actions that they do like chess pieces on a board. We need him to go here to set this in place and blah, blah, blah. It does nothing feels natural. It just feels like bullshit. And so when the episode ended and it went to black without revealing the reason Negan's there in the first place was to shock audience with who he kills, and they don't even reveal who he kills. You have to wait until October to find out who he kills. It's like, you know, it's insulting to a lot of viewers. I didn't care because I'd given up, but I kind of actually, to tell you the truth, I was kind of entertained by it. I like seeing them kind of... Um, you know, as this one article said on io9... The Walking Dead just shit the bed. <laughs> and I thought that was a great description. And then I read on EW, Entertainment Weekly, the Walking Dead director, Greg Nicotero, said the actors don't even know who died. So I'm wondering, was when um, Norman Reedus watched the season finale and he couldn't speak, was it because he was speechless over the horse shit of crashing the black and not showing who was killed <laughs> was that the reason he couldn't speak is that why andrew lincoln uh was uh threw his script across the room or whatever is this why fans should have been worried norman rita said fans should be worried and that's because is he worried because the writers are destroying the show i was trying to think uh, this is like the highest rated show on television how could it possibly ever decline in ratings. And I was thinking of the show Heroes. Do you remember Heroes was a highly rated show in the first season and poor writing made the ratings decline. The only way people could shake things up is by stop watching, lower the ratings, get somebody fired. How funny would that be? Um, Because the show is like just, it's cheap tactics like you know some shows they do 
Uh, remember Lost? They did uh, some great cliffhangers. They did some annoying cliffhangers sometimes, but this was pretty bad. I just... Uh, and that's funny, the fact that the actors like have no idea. Basically, what's funny about the whole point of view is that he is hitting the camera and the camera's shaking like it's being hit. So from the point of view of the viewer, it's like The Walking Dead is beating you over the head with a bat. That's what it feels like. The show is actually uh, knocking the shit out of you. <laughs> so I was very entertained by that. The, the Walking Dead shit the bed with that. Now, another series that I thought ended pretty well. The the run has ended now on Hulu for 11-22-63. I think it's nine episodes. The whole series is finished. So now if you have Hulu, you can actually binge watch the entire season. And I thought it was pretty good. If you like Stephen King, I think you'll dig it if you haven't watched it yet. I thought it I I thought it had a very uh touching ending. I liked it. I enjoyed it. So I would I'd definitely recommend that. I'd recommend eleven twenty two sixty three. Um I think they should do some more stuff like that on Hulu. Of course the most annoying thing about Hulu is the commercials. Uh but they do have the commercial free plan that I'm not willing to pay <laughs> because the, the point it's Netflix is the same cost, but they don't have commercials. Why am I going to pay like more? What is it? $12 a month or something for no commercials. I keep reading. I know hardcore Harry comes out this Friday and I really want to see it. I probably won't be able to see it till Saturday. Cause I picked Heather up at the airport on Friday but I want to see it on Saturday with Steven. And like I said before, I want to do a, a hardcore Harry reaction show where we talk about it after we see it. We'll tell you if we got motion sickness or threw up. But another movie is, uh, I don't know if it's opening wide or not. It's Richard Linklater's new film called Everybody Wants Some. And I've read nothing but good things. Um. It looks pretty cool. It takes place in the 80s. It's a, a college movie, um, kind of like they said in the vein of Dazed and Confused. I think it looks pretty cool. One critic called it an art house animal house. Owen Gleiberman says, Everybody Wants Some is about the moment when youth culture began to evolve into a cult of team players. It taps into how the free-willing 70s gave way to a spirit of creeping conformism. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> um, do you guys want to watch the, the trailer? Let's see if it shows an ad first. Take a good look at your future, freshman. Welcome to college. Yeah, baby! Richard Linklater brought you the 70s. Two rules. No booze in this house. Go, go! All With right, days what's a party? Number two, no girls in those bedrooms. <laughs> now he brings you the 80s. Have you noticed everything around here is a competition? 2017! 17 point. Is that better? Uh, no, I'm scared now. This spring. Hey, ladies. I like the quiet guy in the backseat. Lesbians. 
Critics are calling Everybody Wants Some ridiculously fun and deceptively deep. This is college. That's the pack mentality. All the adrenaline. A beautiful, hilarious film. Don't be afraid to let the experience find you. It slaps a smile on your face that won't quit. It's funny as hell. And now Everybody Wants Some has an incredible score on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody wants some. Rated R. Hey, anybody gets hit in the nuts in a trailer, guaranteed to go see that movie, right? (laughs) And you know it's going to have a totally rocking 80s soundtrack. Awesome. Um, I want to see that shit. I wonder if it's going to open anywhere near me. Movies like this, um, they're going to open in Dallas or something, which is really annoying. Totally lame. I'm trying to think of the last Linklater film I've seen. Let's see. We also have The Boss. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, at least Hardcore Henry is going to be in the XD Theater on Friday. But I don't see Everybody Wants Some in my local cinema. Damn it! I'm going to have to watch it on demand probably. (laughs) Damn you! Yeah, Carl, that's a uh, you said boyhood. I don't think that showed anywhere around me either. What the hell, man? I know, Adam, isn't that ridiculous? The and Rotten Tomatoes is right. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes is an algorithm. Don't give them credit for anything. They post an average of what other critics have said. They can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh the Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams reveals new information about Kylo Ren's interrogation scene. Do you guys remember that part where he slams his helmet down in that thing of ashes? Everyone assumed, oh my god, that's Darth Vader's ashes. And he kind of like puts his helmet in the ashes of his grandfather kind of to get some kind of, you know, closeness to him. And that's actually a pretty cool theory. That's like, oh, that's pretty cool. But no, J.J. Abrams, I don't know why he needed to tell us anything, but Kylo Ren, the heir to Darth Vader's villainous reign in the Star Wars universe, may be even more disturbed than previously thought. This from Entertainment Weekly, my go-to source for stupid news. (laughs) Uh, The scene where Kylo Ren removes his helmet and places it in a dust-covered stand while interrogating Rey, the dust is actually a collection of ash left over from various people he's killed in that chamber. Originally, the scene was supposed to take place when Kylo Ren talked to the disfigured helmet of Darth Vader, but because of time constraints, Abrams couldn't use it. The director told the magazine that even though they couldn't incorporate it into the film, he loved the idea of using using the ash somehow. When we reshot it with his mask on, we had the shot which I loved, and I thought it was so cool of the mask being slammed down into the ash. Which he's right, that is a really cool uh, shot. So that shot was stolen from that scene, and we change it to the scene with Ray. This revel- revel- <laughs> this revelation opens the door to a bunch of other questions, including whether or not Kylo Ren incinerated the bodies in that room, or had them burned somewhere else. I don't need to know that amount of detail! But seriously, JJ, just 
don't talk anymore. It's cool wondering what the ash is more. He, of all people, should know to keep it in the mystery box. But maybe he just wasn't thinking. He's done with the film. It doesn't have to be secret anymore. And, oh, yeah, we, we shot that. And that's, uh, that's uh, his uh, enemies right there. He has no more secrets to keep because he's not working on episode eight or whatever, even though he's a producer. But I'd rather not know. I don't know about you guys. I'd rather wonder that. Remember when you were a kid and you'd watched A New Hope a million times and Obi-Wan speaks of uh, the Jedi Knights and you didn't know anything about him, but it sounded awesome. It sounded badass and your imagination kind of ran wild. But then when you see it's a group of dudes sitting in a circle, it's not as exciting. No. So I like that they're like, oh, did he incinerate them there? Or did he have it done somewhere else and they shipped the ashes COD or ordered it from Amazon? I don't know. Uh, None of that matters, guys. Or at least not to me. Or whatever. So are you guys excited about X-Men Apocalypse, huh? You guys excited about that? You know? Um, hello? Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll go see it, right? <laughs> I can't say I'm excited. I mean, I'm. it's the kind of thing where I'm going to see that when it comes out. And that's all I feel about it at the moment. That's the way I feel. We'll move on from there. <laughs> Here's some exciting news for all you Ghostbusters fans. Like, as you all know, there's a Ghostbusters remake on the horizon. We even did a trailer react to that, which Adam Sexton loved. Uh, and I have some new news about that. Chris Hemsworth impressed his Ghostbusters... Chris Hemsworth impressed his Ghostbusters co-stars with his improv skills. The I love... What's funny is we all know who Chris Hemsworth is now. He's obviously Thor. We've seen him in Marvel movies. We've seen the Avengers. But if you're a writer, you have to write this line. The actor, better known as Thor. Oh, that's who he is. Kills it on set of the upcoming comedy. I have to think it's not just me reading the stories. It's also grandmothers or aunts and uncles who don't know shit about movies or something. I don't know. You have to write these articles as if the person's an idiot reading them, and I'm reading it, so I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> From now on, until Summer Movie Preview hits stands, they, oh, okay, I'm not going to plug their <laughs> Summer Movie Preview. Chris Hemsworth was nervous. The Australian actor may be Thor. Oh, what is he Thor for? Did he hurt himself? The God of Thunder... That's a dad joke, by the way. (laughs) He was about to face off against four comic titans. Okay, hello, titans? When he stepped onto the Boston set of Ghostbusters. Last summer, opposite Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. Comic titans, guys. Turns out the man had nothing to worry about. Not only had director Paul Feig, 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 prepped Hemsworth for his role as the lady's dopey assistant... But he also provided him with a slew of jokes and told him that he didn't need improv at all. I told him not to worry. He wouldn't have to come up with anything if he didn't want to. When the four women sat down for Hemsworth's character's job interview scene, not only did he prove he was fully capable of ad-libbing back at them, he threw out jokes that Feig, 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 
Feig insists will wind up in the July release. I remember looking at screenwriter Katie Dipold like, did you write that for him? And she said, no. He just turned out to be this amazing improviser, said Feig. Feig? Fig? The director says he tailored the role specifically for Hemsworth after he met him. The part was originally written as this guy who doesn't really want the job and is snarky. But Chris is so lovable, we thought it would be better if he's a guy that earnestly wants a job but doesn't know what he's getting himself into. And that made all the difference. It certainly did, guys. In uh, Hollywood Gold was created. It certainly had the proper effect on his cast mates. After we, <laughs> it's so hard to read chat and read and see. <laughs> After we filmed our first scene with him, Melissa and I went to the bathroom together, and she said, "Does he have a team of writers in his pocket or something? What is going on?" He was throwing out the most insane, hilarious stuff in the most deadpan, handsome way, and it was just perfect," says McKinnon. Plus, he's just a great guy. Big fan. Oh, she's a big fan. Okay. Ads wig. It was like we had known him for 20 years. We all fell in love with him. He does all these big action movies and dramas, but to see him in this role, we were just flipping out. And guys, Ghostbusters hits the big screen on July 15th. I just thought I'd prep you for that. Are you guys all excited now that I told you that story? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> It almost sounds like they expect him to be a meathead, doesn't it? We expect him to be a freaking moron. And it turned out he's got a brain. Wow. He actually has some kind of acting chops. He's a professional actor. Who knew? I just thought he was a muscle band dumbass. Oh, well. Pretty cool. Awesome. I could read these horrible Entertainment Weekly stories all day. (laughs) But I won't do that. Or will I? No, I won't. Jason, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. <sighs> Let me regroup here. Let me re- regroup after reading some stuff. <laughs> Jason picks the shittiest articles. <laughs> Come on, Adam. This stuff is gold. What about this news? Fans of the sarcastic superhero Deadpool have a reason to celebrate as Ryan Reynolds is apparently back on board to play the title character. Heroic Hollywood is reporting that Reynolds, who led Deadpool to a global box office of more than $750 million, will reprise the Marvel character for an already greenlit sequel. If it's already greenlit, is this a surprise? Considering the first film's massive haul, this news really isn't a surprise. Hey, they answered my question. It was simply just a matter of what kind of race Reynolds would be would see since he only received two million up front for the first time around. Only two million? Wow, that's sad. Since its February release, Deadpool has smashed box office records and is already the highest grossing R-rated movie ever, surpassing The Matrix Reloaded. In your face, Adam Sexton! Boom! Toppled The Matrix. Unlike other recent superhero movies, like Batman vs. Superman, it was critically lauded with a rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 83. Who gives a shit? This is from HitFix, by the way. Stop giving Rotten Tomatoes credit for anything. 
Ah, oh, assholes. <laughs> Good stuff. Adam, by the way, uh, I talked about Quantum uh, Break at the top of the show. I think you should uh, uh, listen back to that because that was some gold right there. Uh, or whatever. Oh, wait. Oh, sh- uh, hold on a second. I got to find this story because I accidentally lost it. Okay, here we go, guys. Benedict Cumberbatch visits comic book store as Doctor Strange. How cool is that? Of course, he's playing Doctor Strange in a film. And footage shows Benedict Cumberbatch visiting a comic book store in New York dressed up as Doctor Strange, the main character from his upcoming superhero movie. Cumberbatch takes pictures with excited fans and poses next to a Doctor Strange comic book. Marvel's Doctor Strange will open in the UK on October 28th. Obviously, this is a British (laughs) article I found because it was like, okay, I don't live there, but that's interesting to know. But that's pretty cool, man. He shows up in a comic store and people are like, oh, my God. Awesome! I'm freaking out over here. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Don't you? Don't lie, Adam. You know you would freak out if you saw that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, oh, also, um, on the Force Awakens documentary, I haven't watched the deleted scenes yet, but I'm going to get to that. Uh, When you have... Um, a video game and The Force Awakens at the same time. It's like, okay, I'll watch the documentary, but I'll watch the deleted scenes later. So I'll give you uh, my thoughts on that later. But uh, I'm excited to watch them. In a way, I think it'll be neat just to see where um, scenes went that they obviously didn't need in the finished film. But rarely do you ever see a deleted scene and say, that needed to be in the movie. Most of the time it's like, oh, that's interesting. But maybe there'll be some stuff in there. Here's some exciting news for Adam Sexton. Warner Brothers said, I'm sorry, there's two people. Adam, you're in the chat room. I got to keep talking to you. (laughs) Okay. Warner Brothers sets two mystery DC films for 2018 and 19. Ooh, this is from The Hollywood Reporter, you guys, claiming that Warner Brothers is releasing fewer movies in the years ahead to focus on Lego, Harry Potter, and the DC Cinematic Universe. That's how you say that. The studio has at least made good on one of those promises. Warner Brothers has officially set release dates for two mystery DC Cinematic Universe projects. While the title for these films is yet to be announced, they will be released on October 5th, 2018, and November 1st, 2019, one of those films is most assuredly Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie, which was originally rumored for a November 2nd, 2018 release date. The other is, uh, the other is anyone's guess. Um, the last thing I heard is Ben Affleck is busy making a movie right now, and he didn't want to talk about it. He really hadn't said anything in stone, but... 2019's a long way away. It's plenty of time to make a Batman movie. I would think. Do you need more than two hours? The other is anyone's guess. The 2019 date could potentially be for Wonder Woman 2 or another standalone Superman film. Hmm. So speculate away, everybody, because I haven't got a clue. Um, I'm excited about that. 
No, seriously, if you listen to our Batman v Superman talk, you'll know that I'm one of the people on the planet who actually enjoyed the film and didn't shit all over it. It may have its problems. It may be overlong, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know? Now, next we have uh, Suicide Squad to look forward to, which that is interesting. Did you guys hear that news about Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad reshoots underway in Atlanta. Apparently, those rumors of Suicide Squad reshoots were correct as filming is underway in Atlanta, Georgia. I just said that. It said, do you think Warner Brothers should inject more humor into the film or trust Ayer's original vision? David Ayer. Am I saying that right? Is it Ayer? Uh, Last week, Birth Movies Death reported that Suicide Squad was undergoing reshoots to inject more comedy and lighter moments in the film. The site, formerly known as Badass Digest, further reported that the reshoots were in direct response to the WB investor fear stemming from the box office underperformance of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. The knee-jerkiness undertones of the report led to many to assume a cautious amount of skepticism, but it looks as if this one might be true after all. The most recent trailer for Suicide Squad caused many to list the film as their most anticipated film of 2016. However, Birth Movies Death report stated that the tone of the trailer didn't necessarily match the overall tone of what the director was delivering in the finished film. The movie hits theaters August 5th, 2016. So they better hurry up with this, right? Hopefully the reshoots don't cause a delay. And a few additional tweets. Tech consultant Brett Schultz added that reshoots were to last three weeks with two days on location and the rest on a soundstage. Check out the awesome imagery below. Okay, let me look. Oh, awesome. I wish you guys could see. Oh, awesome. You guys can't see this. Oh, my gosh. Too bad you guys can't see this. Wow. Do you guys think that's true? They're like, oh, man. God, Batman v Superman was so serious. Why so serious? We need something funnier. Go reshoot this movie immediately. Add some more comedy to it. Hire Bruce Valanche. We need some zingers in there. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, that's interesting. Dude, all I know is it sounds like Warner Brothers is being uh, run by people who are scared shitless to make a decision. They kind of sound like the way Fox was with Spider-Man, doesn't it? I hope it's not that way, though. Um, Just keep doing what you're going to do. It's nice to make some uh, decisions. Hey, if you watch... They have, they can screen it right now and see what the problem is. And if they realize, okay, the movie's really dark, we need some levity in here, that's natural. That happens with a lot of films where they reshoot stuff. But because this is a high profile film and it's just following Batman v Superman, of course, it makes news as holy shit, they're adding more humor or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, I, all I know is this I'm. Really excited about the new Captain America. That's the next film. I'm super duper like, holy shit. Can't wait till that comes out. So we'll see. I mean, Suicide Squad, I'll definitely go see it opening weekend. That's all I'll say about that. That's all I got. So guys, 
Um, that's all the news I got this week. I've run out of news. I try to make bookmarks and stuff like that, but uh, a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to keep playing Quantum Break. Can't wait to see Hardcore Harry this weekend. I'll try to get that uh, reaction show out to you as soon as I can. But uh, I'm excited for more film, television, pop culture and stuff. I want to take this time to thank the patrons of Entertainment Landfill. And I want to name, I want to thank them by name. Uh, Xavier, Ken, Preventure, Rob Bickmore, Ross Pony, Jason Swinshock, Jennifer Morris, Steve Steinbach, Rick Lidster, John Waltz, Jenny, Adam Sexton, Carl, two awesome guys, Slade Bailey, Brandon, Kelly, B. Sly, Mark Anderson, <laughs> Steve Wiley, Darren Finland, Bill Lochner, Mike Metcalf, Brian, Sean Uyoka, Nathena Lewis, Adam Howard, Hodor, and Tom. Thank you guys so much for supporting Entertainment Landfill. If you are listening and you'd like to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill. I'm going to change up the Patreon, the wording and stuff. I'm going to, for the different tiers, I'm going to add new things like um, I'm going to start offering shows early to patrons and even patron-specific shows that you can only get if you're patrons. I'm rethinking the whole thing. And uh, it's going to be exciting. I want to keep getting content out to the patrons and people who love Entertainment Landfill. Also, if you uh, dig the show, go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com and check out all of our previous episodes. A lot of them are there. Like I said before, the archive is a little uh, messed up. <laughs> like episode episodes 1 through 176... Uh, actually, there's a few of them in there that I just need to fix the URLs, but uh, the last 300 or so shows are there. Um, so visit the show archive. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Mulberry Bill on Twitter at Mulberry Bill and PCC Steven if you want to, but he never tweets anything. Just, you know, for shits and giggles. Let's see. Steven's last tweet was... Um, March 7th, 2016. What? Oh, no, wait. Steve Steinbach just liked it. <laughs> Never mind. It was March 2015. Awesome. So you won't get him often, but he, he'll show up every once in a while. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want, send me a, a voicemail. I would have liked that very much, or uh, an email even. Uh, give me some feedback for the show. Send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Like I said before, it's really sad. Um, the voicemail service that we used, K7, uh, is has gone out of business. So the only way we're going to get voicemails now is, you know, everyone has a smartphone anyway. Record your voicemail using the record feature, attach an email, and send it to me. And uh, I'll play it on the show. And that would be awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to Entertainment Landfill News. I can't wait to do some more. 
can't wait to I think I'm getting the hang of this I'm loosening up and I'm kind of joking around more kind of being myself you know not being so strict and stuff you know not like oh gotta be professional oh my god everyone's listening what do I do you know I'm not like that at all because uh, I can't act that way even if I wanted to (laughs) but um like I said, my wife is coming back in town on Friday, so the chances of us doing a show this Friday are pretty slim. And actually, we were going to do a show last Friday, but my uncle passed away and had a funeral early the next day. And that was really sad. <laughs> you know, it's the kind of thing where, like, should we do a show? You know, I don't really feel like it, but uh, I'll make it up to the listeners. Um But the people who uh, wish me condolences, I appreciate that very much. I was mostly sad. The weird thing about something like that is it's your cousin's parent who died. So when you're at the funeral and you see your cousins hurting, that's very, it's like, you just see how devastating it is to lose a parent. And I don't wish that on anyone. And you just try to be there for everyone and give hugs and stuff. But it was a it was a sad time, but uh, it's a, one of those kind of things where you just try to remember <clears throat> that person and how great they were and influenced people in a positive way and stuff like that. So uh, all my thoughts uh, go out to my cousins, and I love them very much. But uh, I didn't mean to get so deep there for a second, but I just started thinking about them again and. <laughs> They need love and support, so I just wanted to give that to them. But, uh, guys, hopefully Hardcore Henry's a great film. What a segue there. <laughs> Hardcore Henry. Funeral Hardcore Henry. There we go. Uh, I can't wait to see this first-person action shoot up movie that apparently the only plot is shooting things. I love it. I've always wanted to see a movie. You know what's funny is I'm kind of pissed I didn't direct this movie. Why didn't I think of this movie first? But uh, I can't wait to do a reaction to that. I'm I'm actually kind of worried that I'm going to get motion sickness. Do I take some Dramamine before I go? Is that what I do? In the Rotten Tomatoes, I didn't see anybody say they were getting sick, but I'll have to read that more. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's our show. And uh, Carl, thank you for that. And uh, Adam, thank you guys so much for listening. And Icolos, thank you, sir. Guys, I do this show live every Wednesday. Every stinking Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time. And, uh, oh, by the way, I want to thank the patrons also. I have subscribed to Mixler for a year. I can do the show for as long as I want. And nobody can stop me. (laughs) But uh, this show is an hour long at most. And uh, I want to start doing more things. Uh, I want to get a Skype number. People will be able to call in. I can talk to people and stuff like that. I think that might be fun. Or it might not. It might uh, be like, oh, nobody's calling. Okay. I would like to have guests on the show. And that would be a lot of fun. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I'll... uh, See you next time. That's the news. And I am. No, I can't steal that. <laughs> All right, guys. See. <laughs> Wait, this is where I come up with. It was episode two of at landfill news. I'm coming out with my sign off. Uh, and I've already been doing uh, something kind of like this. So here we go. Here we go. Um, All right. Good. All right, guys. Uh, 
That was the film, television, and pop culture news. And hey, I got to go get some more. So I'll see you next time. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Now this is podcasting.